0: This is a relay project. Real talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson. Real talkers, it's uh, great to be back with you after a, well, a long, long weekend like that. The Friday off, the Monday off, John. Four-day work week. A weekend stacked <laughs> on top of a weekend as we celebrated Easter. And a big shout-out to, uh, of course, our uh, friends of the Jewish faith and tradition that are observing Passover as well. You and I were starting to talk. That's a bit of a slippery slope. You start getting into the four days off in a row, and you start yeah. thinking, maybe we could do this all the time.
1: Yeah. I believe DQ would call it the weekend stacker. Oh, very well
0: played. <laughs> very well played. Uh, it's good to be back. We're going to be talking. We've got a lot to catch up on. Of course, a mm-hmm. lot happening. Happens over the course of four days, Alberta's premier uh, being investigated by the ethics commissioner. Does it actually matter? And and don't misinterpret or misread the question. I'm not saying is this not an issue worth an investigation or worth questions asked or or even worth an independent judicial inquiry, which is what the opposition NDP wants, but I'm just talking in the context of an election. Uh, Do the Smith supporters? Care about the outcome of this uh, this investigation, which may, by the way, not be completed before Albertans vote or expected to vote on May 29th. And, and maybe even more importantly, do the so-called undecideds care? Of course, Premier Smith's political opponents care a whole hell of a lot. Obviously, but is that going to move the needle when it comes to how this election's going to play out? We're going to ask this, uh, Charles Adler joining us in just a few minutes, as he does, the first episode of every week, and we'll also talk about the UCB candidate for Livingstone McLeod. She's the mayor of Clarosome, talking about how uh, some heart attack victims need to take more personal responsibility. I know some of you are outraged, including Catalina, who wrote us an email. I'm going to get to that today. And then I know uh, a whole bunch of you are also saying, uh, yeah, she's right. And uh, this is the type of thing where... Agree or disagree, this is conversation fodder to be sure. Of course, a lot of the stuff, if not almost all of the stuff we're going to be talking about over the next seven weeks—it's all going to be in the context of the election and what sort of impact is that having? We'll also talk to National Post columnist Tristan Hopper coming up in about a half an hour on the show. It's been a while since he's joined us. Uh, he's going to get into his new uh, his email newsletter. Do you subscribe to it? Uh, I, I like what he's doing with the National Post first reading. Uh, gets into some of the stories making national news, and we're going to talk about uh, Canada's police chiefs that are requesting a meeting with uh, federal decision makers, politicians. They say a lot of the work that they're doing right now in policing is pointless. Uh, They're talking about a a significant rise in violent crime across the country, and this is obviously a huge deal. Uh, We can't mention police officers without sending our condolences to a local rcmp detachment this is the strathcona county rcmp that are mourning the loss of 32 year old officer harvinder singh dami who passed away uh, over the weekend a traffic accident while responding to assist his colleague's uh, with what sounds like a noise complaint, uh, just a reminder of the, the danger, of course, that this profession faces. And and obviously, uh, on top of a, a loss experienced by the Edmonton Police Service back on March 16th, two officers killed. It's been a tough month in the province of Alberta when it comes to the law enforcement community. Uh, and our thoughts are with that detachment uh, and with Officer Dami's, uh, obviously, family and close circle of friends. This episode... Of Real Talk is presented by our good friends at We Know Training. And you're going to be hearing a lot about We Know Training in the months to come. Uh, we're thrilled to partner with them as our presenting sponsor moving forward. Uh, we Know Training, if you're not familiar, is a one stop solution that enables associations, regulators, and nonprofits worldwide to develop, deliver, and monetize training that matters. They offer centralized business services to fully support and manage any training and credentialing program, including an in-house e-learning development team that enables associations. Uh, This is really important stuff, obviously, creating impactful courses with your content, right? Uh, Sales and marketing teams. What about scaling your content to untapped markets? Bilingual coast-to-coast customer support and success team. Here to support your learners. That's a huge deal. And then finance and accounts payable to make payment processing seamless and streamlined. Your life gets easier, your offerings more rich. It's a better product overall when you partner with We Know Training, a one stop solution. You can learn more about what they're doing at wenotraining.ca. Well, with Monday off, as we uh, recognize that stat in the province of Alberta and, of course, celebrated uh, the Easter tradition, it means we get to check in with the Titan of Talk, Emmy Award-winning talk show legend Charles Adler on a Tuesday morning. And, of course, always a pleasure, my friend. I, 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 you and I didn't chat much uh, over the course of the weekend. We didn't really connect. We were, we were kind of uh, chilling out, you know, taking time to ourselves. Did your family, I, I don't know, do you, do you guys celebrate Passover in, in an official kind of way what was the weekend like for you
2: i, I hate to disappoint uh, some of my uh, jewish friends but i've been uh, celebrating christmas and easter for a number of years my heritage is is jewish of course but i end up celebrating uh celebrating uh, both holidays i'm not a terribly religious person as you know but i'm religious about this ladies and gentlemen <laughs> i'm religious <laughs> about real 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 talk and uh i'm behaving myself uh this time uh, ryan because uh, you know, I do pay attention to to criticism. Uh, people think that I uh, I shun it, I block it, uh, I I favor it. That's how I learn. And I was criticized uh, by by some of our uh, followers uh, for what they thought was a glass of wine that I was drinking uh, last week on the show. And so I assure you, I am drinking. Costco coffee, that would be Kirkland coffee okay. in my Real Talk mug. <laughs> okay. And if you log on to RyanJesperson.com, you'll be able to go to the merch, the merchandiser site, and get yourself the kind of mug that I use every single day of my life. Or now, you can send us a
0: banger email, the best email of the month, Chuck, and win a Real Talk official studio mug for free shipped right to your house and uh we've got an interesting email from catalina i'm going to get into later on in the show she's she's talking about obesity and the link to heart attacks she's not happy with what she heard from a ucp candidate out of southern alberta uh, just a few
2: days ago you've been paying attention to this story well of course i mean uh, i I do pay attention but there was just one more thing if you don't mind Uh, the other piece of criticism was they didn't feel that i looked professional Oh. some some of them didn't feel I looked professional and I I owe, owed you and I owed the people of Alberta and the rest of the country the rest of the world who watches more than that so what I did was as you as you can tell Ryan I know that most people are listening to this not watching uh, but you can, you can what 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 am I wearing that's different well you're, uh, Johnny's getting a real kick out of this I see a blazer today. He's blazing.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I uh-huh.
2: borrowed a blazer from a professional. You borrowed a blazer. Okay. There. You- I mean, look. I know. I I like politics. I like chewing politics. But I love show business. Yeah. And I love being able to respond to the people who are watching us. Now, as for Catalina and and the heart business, look, um, got a, a very uh, thoughtful uh, email. And uh, also a a tweet that the the two that I'm thinking about, lots of lots of response yesterday, because the mayor of Clare's home, who is the UCP uh, candidate, uh, who is a a nurse, I mean, technically, she doesn't sound like a nurse, but I don't doubt that, you know, she's a nurse, and uh, she's talking about accountability. She's basically saying that people who are who are fat and and others um, should take better care of themselves. And so when they end up getting heart attacks, you know, they're just kind of expecting the healthcare system to do everything for them. They should be accountable. For, for why they're there.
0: Okay, let me tee up the clip and then we can get into it, okay? So th- sure. this is Chelsea Petrovic. She's the mayor of Clarosome. She's the UCP candidate for Livingstone McLeod. Uh, this is on a podcast called The Canadian Story. Everybody's listening to podcasts these days. And uh, here's and, and I by the way, I love in election season when a comment starts with, this is probably political suicide. <laughs> but anyway, here she is.
2: So we actually haven't had any accountability. We can... Look at this, you know, and I see it in healthcare. Um, you know, maybe, you know, I'm going to say it. Maybe the reason why you had a heart attack um, was because you haven't taken care of yourself. You know, you're you're extremely overweight. You haven't um, you know, you haven't managed your congestive heart failure. You haven't managed your diabetes and there's no personal accountability. But they come into the hospital and it's all of a sudden it's everyone else's problem.
0: Now, she also is, by the way, a nurse, relevant or
2: not. Over to you, Chuck. Man, um got a, one of the emails and, and tweets was from a woman who lives in Claire's home, okay? And uh, she's been getting treated uh, for the, the last year for, for breast cancer, okay? Um, and she's talking about how one of the most difficult aspects of, of treatment, and everyone who has had cancer, has cancer, um, family, everybody knows this. This is the the God's honest truth, okay? She feels responsible. That's one of the psychological, one of the the mental things that she has to deal with. She feels responsible for having cancer. You had Danielle Smith just before Christmas of last year. Uh, She was interviewing uh, a naturopath and uh, in in the in the course of the interview, uh, Danielle Str- Smith's interesting stream of consciousness, which always runs like very very rough rapids, uh, she said that you're responsible for, for cancer in the first three stages. There are other things you could do. I guess you could you could you could buy into whatever the, the naturopath is talking about, and uh, it's only in the fourth stage where you know it's not really your fault anymore. It's just a, bizarre. And so you've got this person in uh, in, in Claire's home. Uh, saying the same thing that the people who, in this case get heart attacks, they should they should show accountability. I mean, you know, in in the Canada that I love, in the Canada that our our friend in Claire's home, who contacted us uh, last night uh, who's been dealing with this idea that she's she's blaming herself, you know, in the in the Canada that we love, uh, we offer Canadians mercy. We offer Canadians compassion, not demanding accountability but offering compassion so i told our friend in claire's home not the mayor okay the person who is is suffering mentally right now anguish it's not just about the the disease in in dealing with her cancer and i I told her that look you're my sister you're a fellow canadian this is this is canada i owe you health care just as you owe me health care that's called the social contract that's not some socialist scheme, okay? I mean, I you know we're we're basically in the Easter season. I could I could talk about uh, cr- Christian values, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there. I'll simply say that we owe each other. We're a family called Canada. We owe each other compassion. And yes, healthcare is something that we are entitled to, and I'm proud of it. So as far as healthcare is concerned, I want to improve it, not treat it like a suspect. Healthcare is not under suspicion. Healthcare is under political attack. But the idea is to improve healthcare, not throw rocks at it. In my humble, as always, opinion.
0: I'm going to take a look here at the live chat. M A says uh, any nurse with any ethics would never say something like that. Uh, you know, Dwayne says it's very inappropriate. Lauren says UCP Healthcare is like Logan's Run. When your time's up, it's up. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know why I'm laughing, but the Jason, I just sometimes I just kind of like. Put my head in my hands. The the Jason Getty comment pointing out that the you know the average age of Albertans that were dying from COVID nineteen obviously no laughing matter. But he was like you know I, he's like I would like to point out that the it actually is actually older than the average age of an Albertan who deceases from any cause. So it, it was kind of it was kind of like people are like people are sitting there going uh, sorry what like it, that's not the thing you say like when people talk about bedside matter, that's not the thing you say. Not every politician has it. I get it. No, my question is though like. First of all, is it fair? Let, let's get to the Daniel Smith cancer comment. So this is one, by the way, she has responded since, obviously. And she put it back in the lap of Rachel Notley. Uh, she said, I didn't think that my political opponents would stoop this low, right, to politicize comments about cancer. But but here's the context. And so she was not premier at the time. She wasn't leader of the UCP at the time, for that matter. But th- this was uh, Danielle Smith talking about cancer. I think this was last June.
1: Absolutely. Once you've arrived and got stage four cancer and there's – Radiation and surgery and chemotherapy, that's an incredibly expensive intervention, not just for the system, but also expensive in the toll it takes on the body. But when you think about everything that built up before you got to Mm -hmm. stage four in that diagnosis, that's completely within your control. And there's something that you can do about that that is different.
2: She was promoting snake oil, as she has for years. Sure. She was promoting snake oil. It was a podcast with a naturopath. And so yeah. can I say enough said, but, but so yeah, that's, that's my point. I mean, I, I don't mean to bring this up, but you know, your dad is a doctor and yeah. I, I I don't mean to, I'm sorry. If go this nuts. Comes go in, go there. In. Go
0: there. Absolutely.
2: Okay. I, I I just think that you owe it to your, to your father, to the people who taught your father, to the people whose lives were saved by your father, not to ever conflate as Danielle Smith would not to confuse Naturopathy.
0: Oh, geez. With
2: with what you with with, with with what your 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 father has has done with his professional life.
0: No, I'm 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 using it as a pejorative. I'm saying okay. it was on a podcast right. with a naturopath. I'm not trying to okay. pick fights with naturopaths. No, no, that's why I I just want to. You know, when a, I got fired, Chuck, two and a half years yeah. ago, I could I could have like mailed in for the stamp to become a naturopath in three months and opened an office. Like, I mean, I'm not I am not comparing them to people that are cracking no, on I, people's skulls with brain I surgery. I
2: just want people to be absolutely clear because I know how these things work based on the correspondence that I always get. People miss the point unless we actually hammer the point. And Ryan Jesperson, son of a doctor, is hammering the point that Danielle Smith was promoting something called naturopathy and basically saying that if you do what the naturopath tells you to do, you won't get cancer, Man. and that's
0: crazy. I mean, I've been threatened with lawsuits for my comments on th- there, there's this little boy and uh, down in southern Alberta named Ezekiel, lost his life, 18 months, because his parents tried to t- treat meningitis with fucking mustard, and uh, I've lost my mind over that on the radio before, and I've been very clear about how I feel about it. Let's bring this back to the story right now, though. When You you know, you're talking about this mayor out of Claire's home. I don't think, politically speaking, number one, she's not the premier. She's a candidate in a riding that, that'll it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because you got former Banff National Park superintendent, kind of a big deal, Kevin Van Tiggum running down there. So it's gonna be an interesting race. But I don't think it's the same to say that cancer patients could have done more to pick up on the cancer. In other words, it's a little bit their fault versus people that suffer heart attacks, some of them should take more personal responsibility. I'm not taking this candidate off the hook. I'm just saying that Virtually nobody will agree with Danielle Smith's take on the record last June about cancer. Many people will agree. I'm just saying this is real talk. You don't have to like it. You can dislike it. You can think I'm an idiot for saying it. But there are a lot of people out there that, when they're having coffee with their buddies and they hear about this dust up, this kerfuffle, they're going to go, Yeah, I kind of agree with her.
2: Yeah. That that, that that that's what they'll do
0: so politically speaking i don't know that it's that big of a deal to be honest with you she's not well, even apologizing
2: well so, sorry okay do you mind if i stay personal because if we're if we're talking real talk hey that's uh, what people listen real, to this okay, for. Fine. my my mother 20 years ago uh, the, the people at the jewish general hospital in montreal saved my mother's life as a matter of fact you know jewish general hospital of course it, it serves everyone uh my mother's doctor was an arab muslim so my mother who of course does celebrate uh, uh, passover and has uh, for her you know 88 year life um and she's celebrating passover right now but she's alive right now because she put her fate in the hands of an arab muslim okay she is a jewish person And she was asked by a Jewish person who I will not name, of course, uh, are you are you okay with this idea of putting your fate in the hands of a Muslim? And my mother said things in Hungarian to this uh, particular friend uh, that I'm not going to repeat and I'm not going to translate. But I learned a lot about my mother that day, about how she doesn't just talk about egalitarianism. She is egalitarian. And I want to thank that doctor forever for what he did for my mom. But the larger point is my mother was overweight when she had her heart surgery. And that doctor and the nurses there never, ever gave her a hard time about that. And if anyone had said to my mother, the, the reason you're here and the reason we need to save your life is because you didn't do enough to save your own. I, I realized that some guys in the coffee shop would, would want to say that, especially if they don't know the person, I know the person, I love the person, and I do not love what this, I'll use the words, so-called nurse, I know she's a trained nurse and all that, but part of nursing is compassion, and there is no compassion in saying that someone like my mother needs to be held accountable. For what's been done here, I'm sorry. I, I just you know what you one know, of my favorite, you know, my respect. favorite
0: things is like when when someone jumps in on a on a good healthy debate or dialogue and asks the three word question that yeah. nicely ties up many debates with a bow, and that is, what's your point? And so I think that if you have a nurse or a healthcare professional that's saying, hey, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying that some people that collapse with a jammer, you know, you kind of look at them and say there's a little bit of personal neglect here. Maybe you could have done. Now, okay, then you say to that person, what's your point? In other words, what are you getting at? Like, why are you presenting this? What's your next step? And if the next step is some sort of a triage thing, where, like you said, let's say hospital resources are strained, we had you and I this exact same debate over people that weren't vaccinated being denied organ transplants. You remember the the, the fervor yeah. after our conversation on that, and you and I kind of we got a lot out. of help
2: for that, and then we found out we that both that was, got a, a lot a of help for that for, for a long long time.
0: But yeah. it's the exact same sort of a thing is when you start talking about denying certain people. People and now I'm not drawing direct lines to being unvaccinated and being overweight, yeah, just, just yeah. for the general purpose here. Once you start talking about ranking people for eligibility on healthcare right. resources, it's obviously going to push some people's buttons.
2: Sure, I, I get it, but it, 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 this is a, a general Canadian value. Mm-hmm. You are a Canadian. We owe you healthcare. We owe you. You owe us, and we owe you. That's the Canadian family those are canadian values i know that people like to challenge them people like to nitpick people like to say we're not necessarily the greatest country in the world we are the greatest country in the world and the reason we're the greatest country in the world is despite all of our arguments with each other we have certain institutions in place where we can guarantee people yes there are exceptions not everyone gets justice in the criminal justice system. Not everyone gets the best health care in the Canadian healthcare system. You know, it's a country. We've got 40 million people living here. In general, we have access to the best and most professional institutions on the planet. I'm proud of that. And I don't want to disparage the people who are working in the system. I don't want to disparage the nurses who are working in the system just because this particular nurse from Claire's home is demanding Accountability.
0: Yeah, no kidding. I love it, Chuck. Uh, we're talking to Charles Adler, obviously. If you're just joining us on the Mixler live streaming audio app presented by California Closets. Tracy says, so being overweight is the only risk for a heart attack? <laughs> you know, if that's the only factor in the mind of that nurse. Everybody's putting nurse in quotes. Uh, she says, something's amiss. I mean, no kidding, right? And we're not even going to get into We're going to dumb down the conversation talking about obvious things. What about smokers? What about people who drive too fast? What about people who buy motorcycles? What about people that go snowboarding and scuba diving? What about
2: people? You know, but if we, if we want to talk science, we, you know, we don't want to dumb it down. We want to talk basic science. The number one reason why some people have issues with their organs is DNA. Okay, hundred percent. All of us are, are all of us are handed a deck. Okay, we're handed a deck, and when you're at the poker table, some people get an ace, and unfortunately, some people don't. It is not for you and me as Canadians to question why someone needs our help. When someone gets hit by a car, you, you see someone who's just been hit by a car, you go and help them. You don't care whether they're Christian or Muslim or Jewish or agnostic. You don't care about whether they're fat or skinny. You don't care about whether they're attractive or unattractive. You don't even care about whether or not they're, they're fans of the Edmonton Oilers. We might help Oilers fans just a tiny little bit more. Just, <laughs> just a just a
0: sm, just a a smidge. Just a smidge. Justin says, more than anything, this you, just man. seems like an excuse to discriminate against people because you don't like how they look. Uh, what about this one from Tracy H? says, my husband's a size 34. Gene has had two heart attack scares. She says, I weigh over 300 and I haven't had one issue. That from Tracy H. I appreciate that. Chuck, I was going to save this email to After we talk to you But it makes sense To get to it now This is from Catalina Okay Uh, We're talking about Charles Adler She writes in And she she basically says As a person who's lost weight She's lost 150 pounds Uh, She says I've led a healthy Active lifestyle Only to return To consuming sugar During a family crisis And I saw all the weight Come back on I can attest to the Absolutely addictive quality Of sugar And processed food She says Factors that contribute To obesity Far more complex Than a lack of willpower Or laziness says many obese people also suffer from a variety of mental health issues and or are survivors of family trauma. She says, if we're going to use personal choice as a measure of whether patients deserve compassion or the same health care as everybody else, you know what about the following? She says, drug overdoses, injuries as a result of extreme sports, team sports. What about STIs? Nobody wants to talk about that. She says, what about alcohol, tobacco consumption? What about the abuse or overuse of recreational prescription drugs? Poor driving, speeding, drownings, home repair accidents, those people hanging Christmas lights that have falls. What about kinky sex practices? All right, Kat. Catalina. She says, what about other issues like joint replacements as a result of overtraining? Interesting point. She says obese people beat themselves up on a daily basis for being overweight, some to the point of extreme self-loathing. Many obese people hesitate to seek medical treatment because they fear discrimination or feel too ashamed about their inability to take control of their weight. Just like all patients who end up in hospital due to the personal choices I just listed, obese people deserve the same level of compassion and professionalism she says I've been fortunate to encounter many caring and empathetic people in healthcare who've treated me as a person as opposed to an object of scorn and their humanity has been incredibly important to me that from Catalina to talk at ryanjesperson.com
2: you know why my mother was obese Huh? because she had to wear a yellow star when she was nine and I'll just leave it at that for now Charles,
0: before we go, and I appreciate you sharing that. I'm not just blowing past that. That's obviously major, and that's something that people will sit and think about and really deeply consider. I do want to talk to you about one other story. Obviously, this is leading the headlines in Western Canada. Alberta's premier is under investigation from the ethics commissioner this seven weeks out from an election. Marguerite Trussler looking into whether or not the premier uh, interfered with justice, essentially, in her conversation With controversial like These these controversial street preacher You know exactly who the hell I'm talking about Arthur Pavlovsky. But just in case you don't Here's a quick, well let's tee this story up This recently put out from our TikTok account At Real Talk RJ Now if you don't know who this guy is He's got a long and quite frankly an ugly history in Alberta He's spouted off on homophobic rants On multiple occasions He's called public health officials Nazis Through the pandemic Most serious politicians have kept a healthy distance From this guy for years. So, in this video, you've got a premier of a province hopping on a call with a man facing serious charges a month before his trial, saying some pretty significant things.
1: Once the process is underway, I can ask our prosecutors, is there a reasonable likelihood of conviction? And is it in the public interest? And I assure you, I have asked them that almost weekly ever since I got started here. There isn't really a mechanism for me to order them to drop cases. It's complicated that way. It's just the way our legal system works,
0: I'm afraid. Sure sounds like she's working for him doesn't it? It's a bad look for the premier, you know, who comes across as weak and capitulating and ignorant, quite frankly. Is this a surprise to anybody that's been paying attention? That's been listening to what she's been saying since she campaigned for the leadership of this party months ago? Like, did any bombs drop with that video that hadn't been apparent already? you can let us know what you think about that you can leave a comment on our tiktok or send us an email charles how bad could this be it's not a guarantee as a matter of fact it's quite probable that this ethics commissioner's investigation will not be completed by the time albertans are expected to vote may 29th do you think that this is going to factor in seven weeks from now into how this election plays
2: out well in the case of uh, danielle smith uh, the two words political ethics legal ethics These are oxymorons. And for all I know, the idea that this is really an ethics commissioner, that may be an oxymoron as well because of all of her uh, various uh, connections uh, to the UCP. But I honestly don't think it matters whether her report comes out in five weeks or five years. People make their own judgments. And you pointed out that Danielle Smith came across in in that particular conversation as working for Pavlosky. Now, she said on her radio show just a few days ago, that uh, she felt that the reason she was having a conversation with him was because he was the leader of a political party. Nowhere in that uh, conversation is, she's talk- is she talking about uh, his political party. Nowhere in that conversation is there anything that supports what she's saying. So she's insulting the intelligence of Albertans. One of the Albertans whose intelligence she's insulting is Lauren Gunter. Now, Lauren Gunter has been a friend of conservatism forever. To put Lorne on lightly, Gunter is, yeah. a, is a, a highly intelligent person. Yes, a, a, a full transparency as always. I've known Lorne uh, for more than 30 years, and I consider him a very close friend. Uh, Lauren Gunter doesn't take cheap shots at conservatives. Lorne Gunter is absolutely fed up, and so he has published a column in The Sun, and he's saying that Danielle Smith is insulting his intelligence, because there's nothing on that tape that supports what 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 Danielle Smith said just a few days ago publicly about how she thought she was talking to a party leader, and that was the premise of, of the conversation. As Jason Kenny would say, your your premise is is backass or whatever he said about he said I wrong. reject well, in the, case the premise. Of, and check, yeah, all right. So 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 look, any conservative in Alberta knows that if you're a conservative in Alberta, if you're a conservative. Lorne Gunter will watch your back. Lorne Gunter will be in your corner. Unless and until you insult the intelligence of Albertans. And if you do that, the guy who's been in your corner has you cornered. And Lorne Gunter, as always, when it has to be done, when it has to be said, when the hammer has to come down, even on a fellow conservative, he does it. And he did it. And I just want to do a, a shout-out to my friend, Lauren Gunter. Uh, it takes a lot of guts uh, in the world that you live in uh, to do what you've just done. Thank you. Charles Adler joins us,
0: the first show of every single week. You can follow him on Twitter, at Charles Adler. We'll talk to you again soon, my blazer-emboldened friends.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for... Um, for everything that you do and uh, you know i i i appreciate what what you said i didn't want to go there uh, and and change the conversation about why my mother hey. has, uh, has has suffered all her her life uh, with weight issues but before before i go i just want to say to anybody uh, who has been uh, suffering whether it's weight or anything else whether it's cancer heart disease you name it uh, i know that for every one of you who listens to these podcasts um, you take this stuff personally and I do too and I just want it, I just want you to know that Ryan and I are thinking about you 24 7 and grateful be well
0: love you buddy we'll talk to you again in a week that's uh, Charles Adler who will join us next Monday again. Hey, by the way, if there's something you'd love to hear Chuck take on, like it doesn't always have to do with politics or the the national news cycle, if you'd like his take on something, you're curious, you know where to find us, uh, you can check out the Connect link on our website or just email me directly, talk at ryanjesperson.com. Tristan Hoppers coming up in two minutes. Wanted to give a big shout out to our friends at Complete Care Restoration. (laughs) Over the weekend, a friend reached out to me. Uh, I feel bad for the dude. Uh, They opened up a wall. They're doing a renovation. Super excited about it. Didn't expect to find asbestos, and they did. Now they've got a mess on their hands. I said, well, you know who to call. It's Complete Care Restoration, 780-454-0776. Also, fire flood damage. We know it's a nightmare. As a matter of fact, Kelly at Complete Care says, I hope that no real talkers ever have to call us. He says, we're wishing everybody a chilled out summer. But if spring does bring a pipe rupture or something backs up, the sump pump doesn't fire, Check them out online at completecarerestoration.ca. They built our studio for us. We've seen their work firsthand. Incredible to deal with. We would never do business with them if we didn't personally recommend the team at Complete Care Restoration. Our friends at Friesen Brothers want to remind you, of course, as if you didn't already realize, barbecue season is kicking off. I mean, it is patio season. We're excited to start socializing and join the great outdoors. Get ready for a great barbecue season with Friesen Brothers. They believe that really great food matters and they've got everything that you need. For a perfect barbecue from the best fresh Alberta meat cut by in-store master butchers to traditionally baked sourdough, a great range of Alberta-grown vegetables and all the tasty sides to complement your every meal. Get all fired up for this year's barbecue season at your local Friesen Brothers. You know what? We're really excited to see what's happening at Apex Automation. This is a team that we're so proud to do business with because they put people over profits. So profit's important, obviously, and this company is a great entrepreneurial story. They've tripled their team in three years, but they value their team members. They value the giving people back their time, and right now they're hiring. If you're a professional engineer, if you're a technician, if you've always been intrigued by automation, Fabrication, engineering. Check out the career opportunities available right now at Apex Automation. People are moving from literally around the world to work at Apex. You'll find them online at apexautomation.ca. And, uh, you know, we were talking about the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park ever since Johnny talked about the weekend stacker. I can't stop thinking about those signature stack burgers (laughs) that we love so much. Now, I'm always telling you about my personal favorites, and you can find them online. You can browse the menu, of course, at dairyqueen.ca, dairyqueen.com. My personal recommendation is always the Bacon 2 Cheese Deluxe signature stacker but if you like a little more sting you like a little more shock value a little more heat why not check out the flamethrower signature stack burger you can pick these up at the dairy queens at baseline road west mount palisades Nemeo, newcastle and by the way a new flavor of dipped cone out there the churro dipped cone what churro dipped cones they are exactly what they sound like you find them at the dairy queens of northwest edmonton in sherwood park Well, it's been a while since we connected with our pal Tristan Hopper. Of course, you know him as a national columnist out of the West Coast for the National Post, and he's also doing awesome stuff. He's got this email newsletter that that you have to sign up for. You have to subscribe if you don't. It's one of the resources that we use to stay on top of what's happening across those federal news storylines. It's called First Reading, and it's curated by Tristan Hopper, who joins us now live this morning. It's nice to see you again, my man. How have things been?
3: Oh, good. Good to see you. It's the studio is very nice. I uh, if I'd known, I would have gussied up this uh, this dump.
0: Well, the last yeah. time the, the last time that you and I talked, it looked you you were joining us from sort of like a bunker esque type scenario, and now it looks like you're joining us from the the halls of uh, of the editorial board at Architectural Digest. What happened? No, oh, thank
3: you very much. However, a close inspection will reveal these are all just. Calvin and Hobbes, you know, I don't actually read. So. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. Did you grow, was that one of the, the big things that we were talking about me and my brothers uh, about the far side recently uh, and how that was kind of a formative cartoon for us growing up for you? Was it Calvin and Hobbes?
3: Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's a far, well, here's the thing. I read a lot of comics, you know, I replaced
3: uh, friends with, you know, you know, comic strip treasuries at the library. And when you're a kid, you're just reading everything because you assume, oh, the, you know, this has stuff to tell me. And uh, you grow up and you realize the Far Side, you know, had some deep stuff. It was teaching you about biology. It was teaching you about philosophy. It te- you know, same thing with Calvin and Hobbes. But I read uh, Peanuts and Garfield. With equal vigor, mm. and then you, I grow up, and I've never gotten over the anger of realizing that was all just wasted time. It's the same <laughs> joke over and over and over again. So, yeah, I hope Jim Davis isn't hell. I don't know if he's alive. <laughs>
0: well, I used to read Garfield a lot, and did you ever have the school book fairs where they, they would bring all the books you could buy them, order them, you'd get them yeah, like the week Scholastic weekend. fairs, yes, the Scholastic fairs, and I always blew my budget on Garfields. And mm-hmm. then again, I revisited Garfield, I don't know, a few years ago, and I realized it's it's not as good as I remembered it, which is sometimes how childhood memories. Are polluted is the revisiting exercise.
3: Yeah. So if I could go back and take all of the hours and hours and hours they spent reading Garfield and just devote it towards, you know. I don't know, math or something. I'd, I'd be making a lot more money now.
0: Yeah, probably be a millionaire right now. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, but I didn't, uh, I, I don't want to blindside you with this. I'm sure you're paying attention to the story. And in just a second, we're going to talk about Canadian police chiefs and kind of their collective message, their their message to, to federal politicians and, and, and generally the, the Canadian public. They say a lot of the work we're doing is pointless. You've been keeping an eye on this and we'll get into it. But let me ask you from a province over from BC, as you look to Alberta, uh, it virtually is election season right now and the ethics commissioner over the past few days confirming she's in investigating Mm -hmm. danielle smith for this phone call with this pastor you think stuff like this is actually going to make a difference when it comes to moving the needle at the ballot box it's it's something to talk about and it gets people all worked up but how significant do you think it's going to be i don't know because yeah as journalists we sort of get
3: uh wound up with this i remember uh i think it was the 20 yeah the 2011 election Uh, The big thing going into that was like, oh, Stephen Harper is in contempt of parliament and no one else has been in contempt of parliament. And this was the big like, how could we possibly reelect someone who was nobody cares about contempt of parliament? Uh, Nobody understands it as a charge. There's another uh, I I think. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Justin Trudeau is the only one to like get an official ethics violation in office. So all these things that are like, you know, we see as like massive history making first. Nobody really cares uh, when you come down to uh, voting day. Uh, so, yeah, I think elections are decided by, number one, uh, re- hating the government. I mean, you look at all throughout Canadian history, all the way back to 1867, um, we are motivated mostly by hatred uh, of who we do not want to be in office. And then, you know, secondary is, you know, economy and other such, such things of that nature. So uh, I don't know. Daniel Smith, did anybody expect she wasn't going to, you know, make a bunch of mistakes and not really know how to be premier? Uh, so it's not tremendously off-brand for her.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm inclined to agree. Let's get into this. Uh, this was the top story, and again, I'm, I'm encouraging people to subscribe to to what you're doing here. I love it. This first reading, what do you what do you call it? Is it like an e-news? It's it's basically the headlines. It's we get a peek into your brain on the stories that are jumping out at you most especially through the week across the country. I guess so.
3: Yeah, and as you mentioned, it's not mandatory. You know, people don't have to. There's no you know, there's no criminal sanction. But you know, I would recommend. Uh, you you sign up for it, uh. But yeah, it's 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 a mixture of sometimes you know I'm not entirely lazy. Sometimes I do original work. Are you
0: just so trying to guys. prove to your bosses that you're actually doing work there from your home office? Is that what this is? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I I have a good ruse going. Crazy like uh, a fox, my man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you uh in, in your most recent one, you you talk about this. Uh, they say against a quote criminal justice system that renders mm. much of our work pointless. Uh, which is a hell of a thing to hear from uh, police chiefs. Canadian chiefs are demanding what they're uh, describing as an urgent meeting with the 13 premiers to address an intensive escalation in Canadian violence. Take us into this one.
3: Uh, well, this one's uh, so I, I imagine you talk about, you know, bail problems on your show. So basically yeah. violence is getting worse everywhere, particularly just random violence. Uh, so, I mean, you could point at stats to show that as recently as the early 1990s, uh, I mean, crime was worse than than it is now, Uh, but there's a few trends that are happening now that we've never really seen before. Uh, So the ones I've uh, identified are just like people being attacked and murdered for just no reason and no provocation whatsoever. So again, murders were higher in the early 1990s, violent crime, everything was worse in the early 1990s, but you're just sitting on a bench at a subway station, someone comes up and stabs you. That didn't really happen to the same extent. And another trend is we've lost more police officers on duty uh, in the last eight months than at a higher rates than basically at any other time in Canadian history. And what's also different about that is if you look at uh, it, it was basically in Canada for, you would lose roughly one police officer would be killed on duty, uh, like murdered, uh, intentionally killed on duty every year. Uh, so we've had, we've seen eight deaths in the last six months, and a lot of these are targeted. So again, you look at historical killings of police officers in Canada, it's usually incidental. You're robbing a bank, you're trying to get away, you you know shoot at a police officer and kill them on duty. Uh, these are people lying in wait and ambushing police officers. So again, this is just an unprecedented trend. Uh, so yeah, when people get upset, you know, when you see uh, violent crime as a rising concern among Canadians... Uh, Yeah, you can say, well, look at this violent crime trend bar. It hasn't gone up that much. Yeah, but the types of violent crime that are going up are really scary. And I think rightly so. So anyway, um, it comes up in the context of bail. Uh, So you've got the premiers, uh, you've got big city mayors, um, you've got police chiefs. Everybody is saying um, there was major changes to the bail system in 2018 with Bill C-75, um, and then basically because of that, um, we have, we do not have the ability to keep um, dangerous suspects uh, in pretrial detention. They're getting out, they're causing a lot of these crimes. And there's been a few of these uh, sort of high profile incidents which were caused by someone who, you know, could very well conceivably have been in detention or still in prison. But what's uh, the, 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 the angle of this that uh, I actually haven't seen discussed in the media, and I've just heard it from police sources, as uh, they're saying it's not so much uh, that people are getting out on bail. So, you know, because even before C-75, uh, it was the exception rather than the rule. You're charged with a violent crime. You're released with a promise to appear. Um, and then you have your court date. Um, so we didn't usually, unless you were a murderer, uh, we didn't usually hold you in prison until your trial date. You, yeah. you were usually released uh, with a promise to appear. What's different now is because of C-75, there's basically no consequences for breaking the conditions of your release. Um, so before you'd be released, uh, you know, stay away from bars. Uh, hey, you're you were stalking your ex. Um, no contact with your ex. Um, no possession of weapons. You know, release conditions. Um, and if you got caught on one of those release conditions, you basically got 30 days in prison, um, and then boom, and then you'd be released again. But now uh, you're you get caught breaching a release you're out within a few hours under these new bail provisions and the judge giving you the bail provisions doesn't see your record of sort of chronic offenses so they think this is just you breach your conditions that's fine they release you so um that's where i think you're getting and it's not too many people i mean here in Van, uh, here in bc we have like 200 super prolific offenders these are people that um, you know break into a store they get caught they get bailed within a few hours they get out they're you know assaulting someone at a bus stop a few hours later not that many people um so what police sources are saying is we have no you know realistic means uh to sort of curb these people uh, release conditions were a very important way of keeping people safe and they're just completely gutted by these new bail rules
0: just last month as, as you report bc's premier david eby criticized uh, a slow pace of federal consultations on bail reform uh saying the feds need to fix the system now uh, it's an interesting peak isn't it as well on on how policing operates and how police chiefs and leadership and law enforcement think versus how politicians think and then within that politicians at different levels and of course it'll be obvious you can make the argument that that you know police shouldn't always be in charge of policy big picture but also in some circumstances they probably should or should at least have a significant say because they're the boots on the ground obviously and then with politicians. Again to make another obvious point to whom are they beholden and what are some hot button uh, issues that they're maybe less willing to dive in on the optics that can be spun around bail reform are pretty significant in both directions either you're too easy on crime uh, you're not respecting law enforcement and the population or you're trying to lock everybody up and people will say you can't jail your way to societal reform so no wonder yeah, and this it's is interesting such a big how this is becoming you know, a rare example of sort of
3: a you know consensus. I, I struggle to think of two premiers who are just more ideologically different than David Eby and Daniel Smith. Yeah. Uh, David Eby ten years ago was like a street level downtown east side activist. Uh, I mean, th- this was the guy at the early beginning of my journalism career uh when they were like clearing a tent encampment in East Vancouver you would call him for some quote being like oh this is uh, there's a violation of their inherent civil liberties and you know the power of the police is far too strong and you know neo-fascistic he wouldn't use those types of terms but to go from that to uh Mr. law and order in BC saying yeah. like we need immediate bail reform and basically on issues of criminal justice basically perfectly in simpatico with Daniel Smith over in Alberta um you're starting to see, yeah, anybody who has sort of close contact with how the system is running, um, this is not sort of theoretical. This is anybody who sort of, you know, is seeing what's going on says, uh, you know, obviously this is this is a problem. And it seems to be, and again, uh, it seems to be a very easy problem. Um, when in BC, we're looking at, you know, 200 people causing most of the crime, um, you will have even, you know, super lefty you know, F the police normally types uh, saying, yeah, if if you're letting out, um, you know, chronic sex offenders, you know, to, to go terrorize their ex um, rather than, you know, giving them a reasonable amount of detention before a trial. Uh, this isn't helping anybody.
0: This is the whole I mean, we, we talked about the story. We referenced the story uh, in late March. Of, uh the, you know the murder of uh, RCMP uh, constable David Wynn who was shot outside the apex casino in Saint Albert uh, it was it was a guy like an it, it was just a, a perennial like lifelong offender a guy who's rap she was like hundreds of charges deep literally uh who was out on bail he was awaiting trial Tris and he had a handgun on him and uh, and uh you know constable Wynn goes to make the arrest in the parking lot gets shot and and the the, the uh, I don't remember the word but kind of the associate officer whatever the word is I don't mean to disrespect him as well but he was seen seriously injured as well he didn't lose his yeah. life but his life was changed forever and so then you'll remember Wins law was tabled, uh, you know, by Michael Cooper in St. Albert originally. I think it was Brent Rathgaber that kicked it off. And then and then the liberals voted it down. And I remember interviewing at that time, Federal Minister Amarjeet Sohi, at that time, an MP out of Edmonton. Now, obviously, Edmonton's mayor and saying, how the hell are you going to handle the optics or manage the optics of voting down a private member's bill, uh, you know, in, in parliament? And he said, well, as liber-, you know, he said the, the liberal government, it's not that we don't respect the legacy, the sacrifice of Constable Wynn, We got our own plans here and ultimately nothing ever materialized. Uh, now you've got in the city of Edmonton, uh, I, I don't think they want me mentioning them in particular, but I had a chance to grab a beer with an Edmonton city councilor late last week who pointed out to me that violent crime is up double in yeah. Edmonton this year over last year. Not over the last 10 years and not up 10%, double year over year. Um, talking about the fact, interestingly enough as well, Tristan, these two Edmonton police constables that were tragically killed on March 16th shot, you know what this counselor told me? said that EPS, Edmonton's Police Service, has actually had a tough time recruiting as of late. They've seen a surge in uh, applications uh, since these constables were killed. I know. Your your body language, same as mine was when I heard it. Yeah, that's old-fashioned. That's like 1914. Yeah. You know, signing up
3: to sort of fight the Kaiser. I think it's because, uh, I mean, when you look at sort of prior crime surges, so I've been thinking a lot about, uh, I mean, this crime is everywhere. Uh, I mean, this is First Nations leaders in Saskatchewan saying it's a problem on reserve. I mean, this is a problem in Newfoundland. This is a problem in BC. Usually when we've had major headline-making crime waves, it's sort of restricted to one particular, you know, there's a there's an oil boom in Alberta and northern Alberta. It's crazy, crazy violent. Everybody's wondering what's going on. There's the summer of the gun in Toronto in 2005. Uh, 2005 actually saw plummeting violent crime everywhere that wasn't Toronto. So we're all just looking at Toronto saying, what's going on? This is bad everywhere. You know, Yukon, Nunavut, the territories, uh, you know, the prairies, central Canada. uh, So absolutely everywhere is getting bad. And it's affecting people in ways that they may never have seen before. Uh, I mean, you're seeing, you know, spiking violence on public transit. Uh, You're seeing it in neighborhoods that, you know, previously used to be safe. So it's everywhere and it's much more visible than maybe prior crime waves.
0: Uh, Tracy, by the way, in our live chat, I always want to clarify, always appreciate people's offering their clarification. Tracy says with, with due respect uh, that shooting happened inside the apex casino says constable Wynn was investigating a license plate on a vehicle they found in the parking lot. Tracy, thanks for the clarification. Uh, Tristan, before we let you go, uh, y- your piece. Uh, and I think, is it, is it fair to say this story's kind of been flying under the radar a little bit in the post you put this. Oh out yeah. A- there's so much other news going on, right? This like the- been a big deal in a normal government. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And this is, This is uh, in relation to to Canada's worst ever mass shooting. It's obviously a horrific tragedy. What unfolded in in Nova Scotia and the Mass Casualty Commission releasing its final report. You write about it in the National Post asking, did it fall prey to Mission Creep? Uh, What prompted this take on it? Uh, If you just look at the executive summary. uh, So you would
3: think if there's a major commission on this, like a guy gets a bunch of illegal firearms, flies under the radar, buys a police vehicle. I mean, you would want a public probe, and this is what the families, uh, you know, of the murdered victims wanted, was a public probe looking how to stop this from happening, and was there a way to stop it from getting worse, and there's a few key points uh, on that. For instance, they knew there was a mass shooter uh, loose, and they didn't put out a public alert early enough, so, you know, you would hope that you would just have a limited mission of this probe, Uh, what happens... Could it have been alleviated and how do we stop it from happening again? Now, if you look at the executive summary, this gets, holy jeez, this report is looking at how to alleviate, you know, domestic violence generally. Um, You know, it has the statement like violence is everybody's problem. So this is just this huge, you know, broad take that's trying to fix all of the myriad, uh, you know, problems in Canada. Uh, So I think, yeah, mission creep. If you just look at, take a look at the report for yourself. Uh, You'll wonder, this was, you know, to look at a very specific mass shooting, and then this turned into a diagnosis of everything bad that happens in Canada, uh, which I think, in a sense, sort of takes the responsibility off the shooter and the people directly connected to him and people who should have been stopping him, because, you know, if it's my fault that this guy shot up in Nova Scotia, um, that means it's slightly less his fault.
0: Are you surprised that more Canadians aren't speaking out about this or that it hasn't been more I mean we're talking about the worst mass shoot, I'm trying to think of like in the in America I mean jeez apples and Volkswagens if we're trying to compare Canada and the US but I'm just I'm just thinking if if like you know the the Senate or if there was some big hearing about the the Las Vegas shooter or Columbine or something you know really high profile yeah. you know I think that that America would be you know we'd be seeing a lot more coverage and a lot more national discussion about this I just feel like you know, people like you and me and this listening audience are paying attention to stuff like this. And I haven't really seen it many places. That's true. It's not a
3: major foundational, huge news story. And we saw that in the readership numbers. So anything we're releasing on the Mass Casualty Commission, uh, it's not immediately a number one news story. It's top five. Yeah. Uh, but it's not a major. I think it's just because it happened in the midst. It was the first months of COVID when everybody's at home and sort of worried. So maybe it's it's that entire reason. It was just sort of overtaken uh, by other news events. Uh, but yeah, it is bizarre that this is just one of the most heinous crimes in Canadian history. And yeah, it's it's fallen under the radar somehow.
0: You can read Tristan Hopper's work at nationalpost.com. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Tristan Hopper. And of course, that's also where you can subscribe to his... Uh, e-newsletter first reading I recommend you do it's a, a great way to keep an eye on some of the stories that are making news and in this case flying under the radar great to connect with you again my man thanks for doing the show thank you yeah you got it let us know what you think about some of the stories we're covering and, and the angles that some of our guests are taking. We always appreciate that point-counterpoint. We're we're, we're going to get into a point-counterpoint, Johnny, coming up on Friday's show. Oh, so this is great in the the uh, April issue of Alberta Views Magazine. Uh, they they do this uh, week or this uh, monthly dialogue feature, right? So okay. they'll, they'll they'll put a question <clears throat> out there, and then they'll get two people who who know what they're talking about, two people with experience in the field to take it from. The different angle, mm-hmm. like, you know, kind of like, a, uh, you know, in this case, is Alberta oil ethical? And then they've got the uh, look at this. I'm reading it. while well, you can tell the pages are falling out, but <laughs> I get enthusiastic about yeah. these things. Is Alberta oil ethical? Heather Exner a senior fellow at the McDonald Laurier Institute, says yes. OK. And uh, Jeanetta McKenzie, senior analyst at the Pambana Institute, says no. Point counterpoint. And, uh, point counterpoint. <laughs> and uh coming up on Friday, our Real Talk Roundtable will feature uh these two contributors to Alberta Views magazine. You can catch that on Friday's show. And awesome. don't forget the promo code AVRJ gets you fifty percent off a one year subscription to Alberta Views magazine. That's Subscribe awesome. like we do. it so man, it makes it twenty dollars.
1: day you did this promo, I went and signed up because well, I'm
0: like and they told us, they're like, there's a lot yeah. of Real Talkers signing up, which is great. The promo code is AV, like Alberta Views, A-V-R-J, uh, at albertaviews.ca. Subscribe for free. 50% off a amazing year subscription. Deal. You can gift subscriptions as well, which is kind of a cool thing to do. For somebody in your You'll life that could maybe maybe You'll use a bit of a, a different perspective on things, on political issues heading into an election. You land in Alberta Views in their mailbox. That's a I cool way it. to do that's it. That's why I subscribe. Yeah.
1: I'm like, I got to catch up here. <laughs> you got
0: to catch up. <laughs> so they got Premier Danielle's Churchill Pipe Dream as well, which is the cover story that's in this month's uh, issue, the April edition of Alberta Views. Coming up in just a second, we're going to get to positive reflections. We've got an Ooh. amazing story story and this is one that I, it had been flying off my radar it's from Lacey. she sent it in to us and and i didn't this is not like this didn't happen this weekend this is mm-hmm. a story that happened a few years ago but who cares yeah uh, it's a wonderful feel good good news story uh, shared by Lacey. we love when real talkers give us an idea of, of something they'd like to see on the show and so that's coming up in just a second awesome. presented by our great friends at kubi renewable energy but first I'm having some firsthand experience right now dealing with the team at Eden Landscaping, and I can tell you from a first-hand perspective what a delight it is to work with Mike and his team. We're getting our backyard kind of redone. We're not doing a major thing, but it's an issue with our family right now. We're saying, "Hey, Mike, here's our budget. What can you do to work with this, Johnny?" I'm sick and tired. Uh, we love our dogs so dearly. We love them so dearly. They're family members, but they have destroyed our lawn. It happens. Yeah. It looks
1: terrible. Ours too. It's a big yellow it block. Looks
0: brutal. <laughs> Like, there's not even grass left in some parts of it. And the dogs aren't going anywhere. No. So the real living grass has got to go. And so that's what we've tasked the team at Eden Landscaping with. We don't want it to look fake and cookie cutter. We're looking for a beautiful landscape. And uh, we're working with their team right now in the design phase. I can't wait to show you the photos at the end of the summer. You can do the same thing. Uh, contact Mike and his team, a free consultation. See the magic they can work at landscapeedmonton.ca hey speaking of power there's a lot of talk there's been a lot of talk about this electricity rate cap that's being lifted if you missed our coverage on it last week uh, figure out uh, what one economist uh, blake shaper thinks could be a a better way a smarter way for the government to handle rising utility costs another thing you can do in your own circumstance in your own household is go to parkpower.ca compare rates today electricity natural gas and internet And don't forget, the Real Talk 23 promo code knocks $50 off your first bill for each of the services you go with. A grand total, they're waiting for you. $150 off your first bill at parkpower.ca. If you're a business owner or a decision maker, maybe an elected representative, or maybe you're one of those folks that, you know, without you the town, the city, the community wouldn't function. Can I? You take two seconds today and check out localenvironmental.ca whether it's front load bins and roll off bins, maybe it's recycling services you're looking at, maybe you, you got a small ma and pa family business or maybe you're in charge of an entire community. Water hauling, vacuum trucks, fencing, portable toilets, landfill services, they do it all in Alberta and Saskatchewan. You can check out exactly what local environmental services offers and how their service is better than all the rest. Again, at localenvironmental.ca. Trash talk coming up this Friday. Send us an email if you got something to get off your chest. That's presented by Local Environmental Services. i got something to get off my chest. What's that, Johnny? It's all
1: over the chat. What? I know you don't want to draw too much attention.
0: I know where you're going.
1: Happy birthday, buddy. Oh, thanks, today. buddy. Oh, look at you with the custom One of my favorite photos of
0: you. I love Ooh. that photo. Yeah, that was yeah. Curtis Como that took that. 36 uh, years young. Yeah, that's right. Can, can you believe Can you believe it? <laughs> uh, believe 36. Uh, uh, yeah, 36. <laughs>
1: no, but happy yeah. birthday.
0: Thanks, buddy. Ooh. Uh 46 years of age today. Wow. Yeah. 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 So I, I uh I'm, Oh, 46
1: a, is a new 36. Come yeah, on. Yeah,
0: you know what? Let's it was honest. kind of funny when I felt like 45. I sort of felt like, you know, you look at the certain demographic when you tick the boxes off on the demo, demographic Ooh. you know you know uh, i never got to put doctor i was a mister and then you know <laughs> and, and then it would be like i remember how proud i was when i finally got a university degree i could finally tick that box yeah. and then now it's like it's like 18 to 36 or 18 to 34 35 to 44 45 mm-hmm. and then 46 for the first time ever let me say for the first time ever I, i'm starting to feel a little little bit older little bit older okay doesn't mean I doesn't mean my brain doesn't still operate like a 21 year old and it doesn't mean I'm gonna, you know, quit staying up late and, and sleeping in whenever I oh, can. Oh, we know that's not gonna. Happen. Doing all that dumb stuff, swinging golf clubs for the moon, and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. But yeah, 46. It's kind of hitting me today. It feels a little bit old.
1: What do you mean though? Lately, is it is it the bones? Is it the is it? Yeah, the, man. What is
0: it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's like it, I got that now too. Yeah, I used and I used to grow and like be able to grow, and nobody wants to listen to this shit. But I <laughs> used to be able to grow a big, strong, bold dark brown beard and and now when it comes in it's got that gray and uh when it was the speckled gray which was a phase that lasted for about a year my wife used to say yeah it's kind of like george clooney you know and i was like all right all right and then now it's just straight up gray i'm not gonna be the guy that dyes (laughs) his beard but like don't dye your beard
1: i have it now where i'm like oh i'm getting older because if i sleep longer than eight hours my back just is destroyed and i'm like what happened i used to be able to sleep 13, 14 hours, wake up and be yeah. ready to face the day. But happy birthday. Thanks, Jessel. brother. I, yeah. pre-
0: I appreciate that. I saw somebody joking about, you know, Tiger at the Masters and, and how he had to withdraw for injury on the last day. And it's just looking yeah, like he's know. kind of become the, yeah. you know, the ceremony golfer, somebody described totally. with with much respect to Tiger, obviously, yeah. he's done great things in golf.
1: Everyone waiting for him to, like, kind of Superman and, and yeah, do something you know. incredible at the end. But it's kind of like, And one of age. my favorite
0: comments was somebody said... Uh, hey man, somebody said, I'm 45 and I look like that walking into the bathroom in the morning. <laughs> Hobbling, <laughs> plantar fasciitis. I was like, yeah, I can relate. <laughs> Uh, the first show of every single week, we, uh, courtesy of our friends at Kubi Renewable Energy. And, and you can get your free solar quote today by visiting kubienergy.ca. We, we have a chance to focus on a great news story, something that will just fill your sails. You know what I mean? A little bit of wind uh, to get your week started off on the right foot. We call it positive reflections. And sometimes it's an email that we'll receive from somebody. You, you remember that one, that, that one from Garth? last week telling us about how his family is paying for another family's groceries now because he's been inspired by the show. Incredible! If you missed that, you can find it on our YouTube channel. Well, this one, submitted by audience member by Real Talker Lacey. A shout out to you, Lacey, who said, did you hear about this story in Tennessee? Well, it turns out it's from 2019, but it doesn't even matter. Uh, a child in Tennessee, Johnny, here's the story. He was he was actually sort of a Florida boy, but he was a fan of the University of Tennessee. I saw it. You know, like through March Madness and things like that, we don't have to uh, reiterate. I think it's mm-hmm. self evident how competitive college sports can be. Well, this little kid in Florida, um, his his elementary school had a college colors day, and he wanted to wear uh, a UT shirt, a Tennessee shirt. Well, he got bullied because he, he did it homemade. He had an orange t-shirt, and then he made the sign himself, and then he kind of glued the sign onto the shirt, and and it was handwritten and everything. It's, it's adorable. It's adorable. Mm-hmm. But Kids can be, you know, harsh. And he was bullied at school. They made fun of him. Well, check this out. The University of Tennessee made it an official shirt. And their entire band, I love college music, man. Those big bands oh, at the insane. football games insane. are unbelievable. Uh, the entire band wore the shirt. And to top that off, they sold more than 50,000 of them. And then they decided, and by the way, all the proceeds, before you get cynical, all the proceeds of those t-shirt sales donated to Stomp Out Bullying, which is a national non-profit, really amazing. And then this is the best part. This is incredible. The young boy, when he grows up, he's already got a four-year scholarship to the University of Tennessee they gifted him with a four-year scholarship absolutely unbelievable stuff we love this story when I was first reading about it I was smiling so big my face hurt so shout out to you (laughs) Lacey for sharing it if you have a positive reflection that you would love real talkers to hear about maybe it's a personal story maybe it's something that's been on your heart maybe it's an item in the news that you can't believe people aren't talking about Send it to us to talk at RyanJesperson.com. It is proudly presented by our wonderful friends at Kubi Renewable Energy. Check out kubienergy.ca. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to take a couple of different angles on political analysis. Uh, Political scientist Dr. Lisa Young will join us. She's not convinced that it's the purview of the ethics commissioner to investigate Alberta's premier. We'll ask her why. And then longtime conservative columnist Licia Corbella on how this election landscape is looking. It's an issue, an episode of Real Talk you will not want to miss. We'll see you tomorrow.
3: Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson, Executive Producer Josh Dunford, Technical Producer John Hicks, General Manager Katie Cook Chivers, Account Coordinator Lawrence Durlego. Human Resources Lena Shepherd, Website Design Mike Johnston, VoiceOver by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Supriya Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Randy Morin, Anne Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harmon Candola.